Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. A LARPer reveals himself and ruins an alien invasion. What happens when kids fight back against the man? And then we take a look at the story of a young mother who was kayaking with some friends in Chile. It was supposed to be a fun afternoon, but instead she died and then came back. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. Hope you guys are having a great day too. I hope you guys got some awesome plans for the weekend. Speaking of awesome, take a look at our artwork for today's Fan Art Friday. This is done by Mountain Man Jake. Look at that. This is actually a scene from one of my previous episodes, episode 654, The Wendigo Demands Flesh and Bone, where I talked about people who are fighting for the rights of cryptids and the cryptids in this picture are tearing them apart thank you very much mountain man jake really appreciate that and let's give a shout out to our newest patreon supporter coming to dead rabbit command dressed up as the world's sexiest chocolate bar it's johnny thunder everyone give a round of applause for johnny thunder you're trying to figure out what a sexy chocolate bar looks like it looks like johnny thunder duh Johnny Thunder, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the Patreon, I just realized probably a bad combination for my other story coming up. Or you're not a sexy chocolate bar. Oh, sorry, the world's sexiest chocolate bar. Sorry, Johnny. That's okay, too. Just help spread the word about the show. Really, really helps out a lot. Everyone take a big bite out of Johnny's costume. Get your fill full of chocolate. And we are going to need the endorphins from chocolate to get through this next story. Johnny Thunder, I'm going to go ahead and toss you the keys to the Dead Rabbit rocket ship. We're headed into deep space to intercept an oncoming alien invasion. This is our segment known as Apocalypse Watch, where we take a look at people who have made predictions, and when they don't come true, then it's immortalized in this podcast. This podcast will be around a lot longer than these posts, than these predictions, and you can listen back and go, wait a second... None of that stuff ever happened. That's why it's called Apocalypse Watch. And this is actually really a popular Apocalypse Watch, what we're about to talk about. We covered this guy that I'm about to talk about. We covered him on episode 593. It was a big episode. A lot of you guys really liked it. It was, Will Aliens Destroy Jazz in July 2021? I referenced it on a recent episode. premise of the episode was this. There was a law passed early this year saying that the Pentagon and the FBI had to release all the documents they had involving unidentified aerial phenomenon. Which is great. I mean, I don't think anything will come of it, but I love that people are pushing for it. And at the same time, I covered this dude on Reddit who went by the name Throwaway Alien. It's like a throwaway account where he talked about alien stuff. In case you don't know anything about Reddit, you're like, is he throwing aliens in the garbage? I talked about this dude, and and to do a quick refresher on Throwaway Alien... Just call him Throwaway because that's what this whole story's become. Throwaway story was this. Um, he posted this seven years ago. He posted this Reddit thread seven years ago, and 
responded a single time and then hasn't done any posting in the past seven years. He was done. And seven years ago made the prediction that aliens were going to have... Let me actually read you this quote that he said. Aliens, what he's talking about here when I say they, quote, they will make contact with Earth on a wide scale in 2021. And he specifies July 18th, 2021. So we have this Reddit account that posted something seven years ago that hasn't posted since. Said in July 2021, July 18th, 2021, aliens were going to make themselves known to Earth. And we covered this. He also said that he was showing videos of like pyramids floating around. Not pyramids that humans made, but like pyramid shapes or something like that. He was watching some sort of movies. He was watching some sort of alien Netflix scene stuff. He also said that aliens, uh, this really, this part really endeared me to gray aliens. I know I'm always talking about beating them up, but I found out they hate jazz. Some things just transcend the stars. I also hate jazz, my space brothers. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. So maybe before I beat all of you up, we can destroy jazz together. But anyway, so it was this interesting adventure. He went on to say things like aliens don't have a religion. And it was a really cool episode. I really liked it. Past tense. I'm using a lot of past tense here. The other day I got an email from Can't Think of a Good Name. And he goes, hey man, there's this Reddit account called Throwaway Alien. And so he sends me this and I look at it. I don't click on the link. I don't click on the link. I read the email. He kind of talks about this Throwaway Alien guy. And I, and I go, I responded. I said, oh yeah, I already covered that guy. And I sent him the link to episode 593. And then he responded, oh yeah, no, I know that. I just listened to that episode. And I went to go check on the guy. He's back. After seven years, he's posting again. So thank you, Can't Think of a Good Name, for this story. And thanks for persevering. Because I did kind of blow... I didn't mean to blow you off at first, but I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm aware of this. So I'm glad you didn't take it that way. And I'm maybe you did, but I mean, thanks for correcting me. And this story is a correction, because now I think it is safe to say, and I hate it, I thought I had a friend up in the skies. This story is a LARP. It's a hard LARP. Let's go through it, though. To be honest, I was actually torn about covering this. On the one hand, I wanted to cover it to complete the story. I didn't want to find information that made me believe the story was false and then hide it from you. But I also, this was my dilemma. I didn't want to do that. I wanted to, but I also didn't want to give this guy any more attention either. So here we are, we're doing the attention thing. We're going to kind of go through this because I'm sure other people will send this to me as well. And sure enough, um, in between recording this episode and it being edited, Soul Survivor on YouTube also recommended this story. So I wanted to give Soul Survivor a shout out as well. He's back. He is back. It's his account. There's no suggestion that somebody hacked the account or anything like that. He has come back after seven years. And this is a LARP. And, and let's go through it. He starts off by saying, there's been a lot of imposters. And he na- he doesn't name them by name, but he goes, there's the guy who always talks about this and the guy who always talks about that. They're impostering me. It was a weird thing to start off. I mean, you've been absent for seven years. It was kind of a weird way to start off. And to not even name them, just to, he could have just said imposter. I, I almost feel like this is going to be a book review because he basically wrote a book. But anyway, so bad way to start your your return to civilization. But here we are. Uh, throwaway Alien is back. He's here to set the story straight, right? We're a month away now. A little more than a month away from full on. Let's read this quote again. 
they will make contact with Earth on a wide scale in 2021. We're, we're, we need to know more information about this from the only guy who was able to predict this seven years ago. He predicted it to the month that a government report was coming out. Was the government trying to get in front of this information? Were they trying to reveal stuff before their mothership showed up in the sky? That's what made the story... The, just the story existing seven years ago wasn't fascinating. It wasn't until the timing came up that this government report was going to be due that same month that set everything into motion. So what's he talk about? He talks about these stupid make-believe alien friends he met named Jack and Gina, which I don't even know if I mentioned them in the original story. I know that I talked about him talking to aliens and stuff like that, but this it just goes on and on about like Jack and Gina, and then Jack leaves, but he starts to have a bond with Gina. And I was like, I don't care about your dumb fan fiction, bro. Tell us about the aliens. Now, technically, there are aliens, but this isn't Riverdale, bro. The world is going to get invaded in a month. Or colonized, or whatever. I don't care about your relationship with Jack and Gina. He says, and this when I'm reading through this, my aggravation is not aimed at... Can't think of a good name. I'm glad that you sent this over, but as I'm reading, as I'm wasting my time reading this, because the first time I'm like, oh, this is cool. I was super excited to read this. Three paragraphs in, <laughs> three paragraphs in that change. He starts saying stuff like the government was after him. They actually kidnapped him and held him prisoner for seven days and tortured him. Yeah, I do not believe that at all. And here's why. If someone, if the government can kidnap you for seven days, you go missing for seven days, right? You're tortured for seven days. Why would they let you go? Obviously, no one's looking for you. You're missing an eyeball or maybe it was tickle torture or something like that or anywhere in between. And the government just goes, you know what? Sure, you now know that we know you exist and we know about Jack and Gina. What happens next? Will they or won't they? They're, they're, you're ending up in a black box somewhere in Guantanamo Bay. I don't believe these stories where people get kidnapped by the government and they're like, don't ever reveal our secrets. We know that you post on Reddit. But don't ever post this. Should we let him go? Yeah, sure, let him go. We've tortured him enough. Then he's just going to blab about it on Reddit because that's what I, that automatically does not ring true. One of the big things in the original and now pretty much confirmed the LARP is he said aliens don't have a religion. That was something we talked about on the show. Aliens don't have a religion. And the pro, this, is, this should be LARP 101. Never let the mythos, never let the mythos of the world building grow. You actually want to keep... Where does Slenderman come from? Has that ever been named? Has it come from the Underrealm? Don't add too much detail. So anyways, when he said the aliens don't really have religion, I remember kind of talking about that, how fascinating I thought it was. They hated jazz. They hated classical music. And they hated string instruments because it kind of sounded like the way they talked. That was, that was vague enough and it was evocative. That's great LARP. That's delicious, delicious LARP. Now, he builds this whole stupid mythos about alien religion. He goes, oh, I was wrong, and Gina was mad at me. She she didn't let me get to third base that night. I wasn't able to touch her eight nipples. He says, so aliens do kind of believe in religion. Apparently, there's millions of life-sustaining planets in the universe. And when I say life-sustaining, like, not just they have, like, a puddle on them. There's actually a dominant life form on millions of planets. But, across the cosmos, this is so ridiculous. It's great for science fiction. Great for science fiction, not for something you're trying to pass off as real. In the whole cosmos, there's only seven planets that have what Earthlings would call magic. 
Some call it prayer or faith. And Earth is one of these seven planets. And out of those seven planets, only three of them experience deja vu. (laughs) What? Only three planets. Seven of them believe in magic or prayer or sorcery, like you're able to control things with power of thought. And out of those seven, only three of them, the people on there or the aliens on there experience deja vu or believe in prophecies or worship idols. And Earth is obviously one of those three. So what the guardians... Okay, I'm going to call them the guardians of the universe. You know what he calls them? He's had seven years to come up with the name, by the way. He's had seven years to come up with the name. This galactic federation that his wife, Ugina, is part of is called the Friends of Friends. Friends of Friends, which just reminds me of the ambiguously gay duo. The Friends of Friends is this galactic federation or this race of aliens or whatever nonsense. And they, along with other alien species, can't figure out why there are only three planets that believe in magic and have deja vu and worship idols. So their working theory is this, that these three planets were created by an intelligent creator or one of the planets was created by an intelligent creator and the other two are posers or they're just random planets and these planets, they have something wrong with the species. They're, it's a mistake. They're not really thinking things through. Or there's only one real planet in the galaxy, in the universe, that an intelligent creator created. And those people are in tune with that creator. And every other planet is a mistake. They evolved almost out of necessity to make the one planet's world more lifelike. Or, you know, like like the universe was basically filled up with life so that Earth... Would have something to look at. It, it has. It's all this mishmash of thought, projection, tulpa, simulation theory, creationism, all this stuff. All the hits, all the great ones. Too much. Too too. It's too much information. It's it's interesting. Don't get me wrong. If I was writing a book about urban magic and I wanted to have some aliens in it, that's perfect. That's a perfect setup for that. But you're not Jim Butcher. I don't think so. Maybe you are. But anyway, so he's adding all this extra backstory. And this kind of goes on and on and explains why aliens are interested in us. And I'm really hitting the highlights. This is paragraph after paragraph of paragraph blog stuff. He goes on to talk about his employment. (laughs) I mean, seriously, dude. Alien invasion's coming in a a month. And he's like, yeah, I've always worked at like fast food joints. And I don't make a lot of money. Yeah, what do you think aliens are about to invade in a month? I think that's the least of your worries. At least you're getting, like, discounts on Mickey D's. But here is the thing. You go, Jason, why do you keep calling this a LARP? I mean, he's just adding stuff to it. He's not really taking anything away from it. He's adding to it. He's coming back because we're closer to the deadline. And that's when I go, we haven't even got started yet. But we're wrapping it up with this because I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, dude. Let's go back to his original statement talking about July 18th. Quote, they will make con- they will make contact with Earth on a wide scale in 2021. Here's a new quote. Here's a quote from his newest Reddit post. Quote, whatever was whatever was planned for July is still going to happen, so far as I know, but it has definitely changed. What? 
oh, it's still going to happen, but it's changed. What does that even mean? And he, I mean, you have to read all of this dumb Gina stuff even to get down to here. But it's, see, it's changed. See, because the deadline is too close. It's too close. If he had never posted to this again, and July 18th passed and nothing happened, it would have just fallen off people's radar. People would have never paid attention to it again. It would have ended up in the dustbin of failed predictions. And I think he felt he had to say something, but that was the wrong thing to do. Because now it's confirmed to be fake. You can't move the prediction this close. If the friend, if the friend of friends is trying to colonize Earth because they think it may be the home world and it may be the only real world in existence and then they find out that the federal government's going to release a report and they're going to call off their millennia-long investigation into who or what created the universe because some dudes in a little place called Washington, D.C. signed a paper? That's ridiculous. It doesn't make sense. He should have just let the LARP die. But he has to add, so something different's going to happen. You go, well, Jason, he, at least he's given us something different. What is the something different? Well, he's not really giving us anything. He says, the friend of friends are leaving, so let's all say goodbye to Gina. He says, someone else is coming. Very vague. Don't care at this point. I've already spent a good half hour reading your blog post. But what's the new prediction? This is where the original seven years ago we made this prediction. And I to, to be fair, people go, Jason, he made it seven years ago. That's a pretty long LARP. Someone told a five-year-long joke on Twitter. They're quoting Sweet Transvestite from Transylvania, and they made people wait five years for the punchline. People do stuff like this. Here's this quote from this new one, new prediction here. Quote, I've seen maps up there, and it looks like on the 18th, so he's still predicting something on July 18th, so hold on to your hats if you're in one of these incredibly vague locations. I've seen maps up there, and it looks like on the 18th something will happen, at least in Western Africa. If you're not a geography major, massive continent. Somewhere in Western Africa, something in... No joke, this is what he actually said. Something in maybe China or around China. Again, one of the largest land masses on the planet Earth. Something's going to happen on July 18th. In or around China. And, return to this quote, and in Wyoming. So that's pretty specific. You didn't let me finish. And in Wyoming or Colorado. That's still pretty specific. You didn't let me finish. And in Wyoming, or Colorado, or Utah. So just to verify, just to, this guy went from seven years ago saying aliens were going to land or make themselves known on July 18th, 2021, knocked a coincidence home run when a government report was saying the same thing and now has changed it. We're a month away from alien disclosure. Now something will happen in Western Africa, maybe China or around China, or in one of three states, Wyoming, Colorado, or Utah. This is what happens when the LARP gets too LARPy. He should have just let it lie. I, I now look back on that episode, and, I'm, and again, can't think of a good name. Thanks for sending this over. We do need this for completion, but I love that episode. I loved thinking that this guy maybe did have some inside knowledge. I didn't, did I, was, was I really holding out hope for aliens to show up on July 18th, 2021? No. But you could at least in your head kind of create, go, oh, maybe they just decided not to come. <laughs> maybe all their ships broke down. I still like the idea that he created about them not believing in religion, about the jazz thing, 
because I also hate jazz. And now it's just nothing but lies, man. It's nothing but lies. He LARPed too hard in the end. But you know what? That went on way longer than I thought it would. That actually is almost a full episode in and of itself. But I kind of wanted to, because I do like to address it when the show, when we need to clarify stuff. Even though that was a really fun episode, he came out, he ruined it. Nothing, here's the thing. Is there a chance that something on July 18th will happen in two of the largest continents and in any one of three states? Sure. Something will happen, right? Something will happen. And his adherence, because right now, a lot of people, it's not just me, a lot of people are going up. Well, that was fun while it lasted. But other people are like, send in you Soul Visions, brother. I hope you get a better job than your Pizza Hut job. So there we go. Previously awesome story, now over-LARPed. That's really what happened. He over-LARPed it. But he had a decision to make. He could have said nothing, and then that post would have just disappeared. People would have stopped paying attention to it. Or you can make another super... I don't know why he wrote 32 paragraphs or whatever it was. That's slight. That is a slight exaggeration, but not by much. I don't know why he wrote so much talking about all this other stuff. He could have... Yes, again, seven years to come up with this, but... Johnny Thunder, let's go ahead and wave goodbye to my girlfriend, Gina. Oh, throwaway alien didn't know that. Me and Gina were seeing each other the whole time. What's up, girl? Waving goodbye, Johnny Thunder's all like, this is super awkward. I'm like, hey, Johnny Thunder, keep that Carpenter Copter warmed up. I'm about to have a close encounter of the third base kind. That's the worst porno song ever. Okay, I'm done. It didn't take that long. She's super hot. Johnny Thunder, that's my excuse, Johnny Thunder. Johnny Thunder, call in that Carpenter Copter. I'm going to toss you the keys. You're like, dude, wash your hands before you throw me those keys. No, I throw you the keys of the Carpenter Copter. We're leaving behind my bedroom. We're headed out to British Columbia. We're going to save the dead. We're going to save the dying mom story. It's actually a, it's a, it's a near-death experience story. And it's funny, I've had it on the docket for a while. It's depressing, though. It's still depressing. So we're going to leave behind the Life After Death Mom story. You're like, <laughs> you're like, I don't want to hear that on a Friday. Johnny Thunder, go ahead and take us to Ladysmith. That's in British Columbia, Canada. It's April 25th, 1947. And we're walking outside of the Wigwam Cafe. It's this little candy store slash luncheon place in Ladysmith. These kids are running down the street. They're each holding a Canadian nickel. They're each holding a five cent piece in Canadian currency. It's worth a penny in America, but it's worth five cents to them. And they're running down the street. They're like, oh my goodness, I can't wait to spend this nickel. This is going to be so swell. And they get to the Wigwam Cafe and they walk in and they go, one chocolate bar, please. And they slap that nickel down on the counter. And the employee goes, Well, kids, I know you all ran down here with your nickels. I know three of you got killed in that car accident down the street. You guys really should look both ways. They're like, no, we need candy. We need candy. He's like, you do. You do need candy, but you also need to look both ways. But I I can tell you these candy bars, but they're not five cents anymore. They're eight cents. And the kids are like, what? And the guy points at this big sign and it says candy bars, eight cents. And they're like, but they were just five cents yesterday. And now that I know how economics work, my voice has gotten deeper. He goes, yes, yesterday they were five cents, but now and forevermore, candy bars will be eight cents. They'll never get more expensive than that, kids. But now they are eight cents a piece. So would you guys like to 
go out and scrounge for pennies. I'm sure those friends of yours who got hit by the car, they probably had nickels on them. And these kids, they, they're like, uh, let's think about this. And they walk out of the Wigwam Cafe, and they are like, that's not right. Just yesterday, a candy bar, a chocolate bar, was five cents. Now a chocolate bar is eight cents. Now, some of them begrudgingly bought their chocolate bars, but other ones, they go, that's, that's not fair. An ice cream cone cost five cents. A soda cost five cents. A chocolate bar should cost five cents. Within a day or two, the word had spread through town. Chocolate bars had gone up three cents. And you didn't just have children, like little kids affected by this. You even had teenagers affected by this. Adults, they're like, whatever. They're just like burning dollar bills. They're like, ha ha ha, you lose your children. The adults, whatever. But the kids who were scrounging money were picking it out of the pockets of the dead. This was a big deal. The cost of these candy bars went up 60% in one day. Now, what was going on in the economy was, 1947, the government stopped subsidizing certain companies because the war was over. And that was an excuse. The chocolate companies really just wanted to hike up their prices. Because remember, ice cream cones, sodas were still pretty cheap. But the chocolate companies go, ah, you know, we'll raise it to eight cents. The kids of Ladysmith decide to boycott all chocolate bars. Their slogan, don't be a sucker. That's pretty clever, right? And 40 kids are marching down the street for three days in a row from noon to one. So basically their lunch break from school. 40 kids marching down the road. One of the teenagers had a car and they covered it in slogans. They painted a bunch of slogans on it. They're walking down the street with these placards and they had this song that they sang. Don't copyright strike me, YouTube. I'll sing it to the tune of Single Ladies by Beyonce. No, I'm just joking. Here's their song. We want a five cent chocolate bar. Eight cents is going too darn far. We want a five-cent chocolate bar. Oh, we want a five-cent bar. They kind of gave up. They kind of gave, <laughs> gave up those last two lines. That wasn't the tune either. So I don't know if it was as cool as mine, but we want a five-cent chocolate bar. Eight cents is going too darn far. That's going to be stuck in your head. <laughs> I'm going to do a remix of that later. They're walking down the street. There, there's this picture of this little girl. She holds a sign saying, let the sucker pay eight cents. We won't. I don't know if sucker was in vogue back then. I assume it's a callback to the actual candy. It's a double entendre, but let the sucker pay eight cents. We won't. Remember, this started on April 25th. By April 29th, the protest begins to spread to the city of Victoria in British Columbia, nearby city. So you had 40 kids three days in a row marching down the street. We want a five-cent chocolate bar. I'm already, that's actually the tune to Scooby-Doo. I'm already messing the tune up. By April 29th, the protest spreads to Victoria, British Columbia. Two, listen to this, 200 children. The first one was 40 kids walking down the street singing that jaunty tune. April 29th, Victoria, British Columbia, 200 children stormed the legislature building. It doesn't say if one of them was dressed up like a Viking that was not in the news report, but they stormed the legend 200 like law, people are trying to pass laws. 200 kids run into the building. They're like, what are you guys doing here? We want a five cent chocolate bar. Now that's definitely a Scooby-Doo theme song. Now it's going to get copyright strike. The news is covering it. And every time the news covers it, the, it spreads, right? 
Every time. How are you not going to cover 200 children interrupting the legislature? You have to cover that, right? People are like, hey, how come those laws didn't get passed? Cops are trying to arrest people. They're like, it's not illegal yet. They're running away. Those darn kids. News is covered, and every time the news runs a story on it, the strike spreads. In Edmonton, Alberta, 300 children march. Ottawa, the capital of Canada, you have 60 kids march. Yeah, that's kind of, is the, is the thing dying down? You went from 200, that stormed the legislature building. You had 300 in this other city. You only had 60 in Ottawa. But they also had, you had 60 kids. They had 10 buglers with them. They had 10 people playing trumpets super loud. Doing loud as they're walking down the street. So each one of those counts as like at least 10 normal children. They march on Parliament. They go to the capital of Canada, blowing bugles in dudes' faces. We want a five cent chocolate bar. Eight cents is going too darn far. And we were like, this madness has to stop. Now, I'm covering this story for two reasons. One, it's hilarious, and I wanted you guys to hear my amazing singing skills. And two, because this is when the conspiracy kicks in. Chocolate companies aren't selling any chocolate bars. Chocolate bar sales, because of the, just within the matter of like a week, dropped 80%. Some stores reported they'd go a whole day without selling a single chocolate bar. This strike was incredibly effective. So you need to break the strike. Now, normally, like in American history, if you needed to break a strike, you hired Pinkerton detectives to punch people in the stomach. I'm sure they were probably scouring the city for every available bully to take these kids and shake them upside down to give them wedgies and swirlies and break the back of the strikers. But the bullies were probably, probably wanted five cent chocolate bars as well. So what do you do? The conspiracy starts. Somebody, whether it was the government, whether it was the chocolate companies, it was probably both, honestly, said, we got to stop this. An anonymous source, that's all it took. An anonymous source called up a newspaper on May 3rd. These children who are striking, you think it's fun? You, you like their jaunty song? It's a communist plot. These children are nothing more than commie puppets. You see, they were starting to get attention from real-life labor groups. And one of them, an anonymous source said, that group was being supported by communists. Within a day, you had almost every labor group pull out of backing this strike. They didn't want to be associated with communism. In 1947, they didn't want to be associated with the commies, with the Reds. As the labor unions pulled out their support for these kids, and the newspapers turned against these kids, you can be out there talking to the street all day long. If you're not getting the publicity, and no one is helping to bolster your message, your, your voice will not be heard outside your city block. So the strike ended, and chocolate bars remained eight cents. I think it's a fascinating story just because of the determination of these children to fight for what they thought was right. And everyone went along with it until someone shouted communist. And it completely fizzled out. And I, I do believe, I, my personal conspiracy theory is that was led by the chocolate companies. And I'm sure that they were talking to politicians. They're like, this is really bad for business. My own palumpas need to eat too, right? I got a lot of these weirdos to feed and I'm not able to sell any chocolate bars. And so you had this cascade effect until it was crushed. 
wasn't crushed by brute force. It was crushed by public opinion. And public opinion was crafted by an anonymous source. Called up a newspaper. Said, that guy's a communist. Those kids are communist puppets. If you support those kids, who are you supporting? And it was done. Now, in the long term, would these kids have won? Was there an alternate future where they actually won their strike and now parts of Canada are made out of nothing but pure chocolate? It is their dreamscape. No, I mean, that's obviously never going to happen, but they probably could have gotten the price rolled back or simply just said, we're going to buy ice cream. That was one thing at the protest. They were eating ice cream cones. See, they were able to think, I'll just spend my money on something else. But even the act of eating an ice cream cone at a certain point became unpatriotic. You weren't supporting the chocolate industry and the communists wanted to take down the chocolate industry. And They took this really cool thing that kids were doing and crushed it. All these kids wanted was a candy bar at the rate they bought it the day before. Instead, they were labeled as traitors to their country. And you know when those children of Canada finally did acquiesce and plop down another three Canadian pennies to buy that chocolate bar. They knew they had lost really the first political fight they had ever been involved in. They took a bite of that chocolate bar. And it tasted like defeat. But at least they weren't a communist. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at deadrabbitradio. Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great weekend, guys. I'll see you Monday. 